I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast after show 456. That's the cadence. That's what I was going for. I, hey, listen, I just roll with the punches, Terry. You just, nailed it. You you that, you that picked me up when I stumble. That's what I'm here for, Terry. I feel like you're kind of like the the wind beneath my wings, too. When there was only one, step of, one set of footsteps, was I carrying you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Welcome in, everyone. This is the after show. Things may or may not get a little silly. If you're here for exclusive disc golf content, uh, you're going to be disappointed because we'll talk about things that may or may not involve disc golf and uh, other references, pop culture, other sports, random stuff going on. Mm. And most importantly, two things are can two, two things. Two things can't possibly both be most importantly, but two very important things include the Smashbox TV giveaway happens. It does. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you're automatically eligible for that. If you give us as little as a dollar per event or dollar per month, actually, I think you could be eligible. So like if we were, if you're listening to this in your car and you stopped to grab some gas and maybe a drink out of uh, maybe a, a Gatorade, Mm. And we were in the back seat. Tara and I were talking, just like we do now. We don't want to sit in the front seat. When and we both of us were like, "Hey, could you get us a Gatorade to split?" It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing as being a Patreon supporter. If you would do that for us, sign up at Patreon.com/slash. And if you TV. don't want us in your back seat, you should probably pay more. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to break into your car. Well, if you don't and ride with you for four hours somewhere, if, yeah, <laughs> if they pay us more, we'll both sit in the front seat, which will be a little awkward, but. Uh, we'll make it happen. We can make that happen. Yes. Uh, so we do appreciate it. But anyway, we do have this the Smashbox TV 
Smashbox TV Patreon giveaway that happens here in the after show. And uh, I had another important thing. I don't remember what it was. The, was that? the, the two most important, important things. things. One was the giveaway. I don't remember what the other is. But anyway, welcome in. That's that's what's happening here. I'm going to lead with some randomness in that. Pure random chance, flipping through Netflix to look for stuff for plane rides, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure this was a big deal at some point whenever it was bought or announced or released or talked about. All of the episodes, all of the seasons of Seinfeld are on Netflix. And again, don't, you don't have to holler at me because this probably is really old news. I'm not actively searching uh, out things like this, but it was. And I thought, you know what? That was clearly within our time frame. It was obviously one of the most iconic and revered and, and well-known shows of all time. I, I could see starting from scratch. Because clearly, I don't. There's no. I I do not remember them. Let's let's back this up a little. I remember taping Seinfeld episodes like on a v VHS tape, right? Either that, or you had to sit mm-hmm. there and be ready to go on Thursday night to actually sit and watch it. DVR didn't exist, and uh, there was no <laughs> streaming services and so forth. Like. You had to like sit and watch it live, so to speak, at the time it was on, which I think was eight o'clock on Thursdays, or well, central, or you had to put it on a VHS. So this clearly very much dates it to when it was. And I thought, yeah, I'll I'll go back. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, which probably may or may not be a surprise. I know Seinfeld wasn't for everybody, although I quite a few people liked it. I didn't really ever like it. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm surprised you didn't. It was never really my thing. I didn't. I, I wasn't a big Seinfeld. I wasn't a big Friends. Mad about you was decent. Like the Thursday night. Well, Helen Hunt's my girl. So back I, off. I, I know. I'm back just, off. I'm just saying. All right. Helen Hunt uh, is my girl. Uh, it, it just Seinfeld just wasn't. It just never clicked for me. I, I never loved it. What is the deal with you not liking <laughs> Seinfeld? Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, but that was so late. That was so much later. I mean, I'm into season three, and that wasn't like the, uh, part of the shtick yet. Just like I just noticed, and I'm sure there's a ton of Seinfeld like aficionados and really smart trivia mm. type people that could probably chime in with a million things right now. And and I I, ah. I will watch it. Great, I'll listen to that. But just like I just noticed, at some point in season three is when the kind of semi icon or the now iconic music, correct started kind of getting filtered into the episode uh, and into the intro. I remember watching the first season and not liking it and never really went beyond that. And everyone says, oh, it got better. It was funnier. It was like, I just, there are some funny and iconic episodes and parts to that series. I just, there was, there was something about it. It just never really clicked with me. I never really loved it. So, and again, I was never a friends guy either. So yeah, but I I mean obviously they I know were they're on too similar. Different. They're very different, but it on was the Thursday night Thursday block. night lineup on must see TV, NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I think you could they could be mutually exclusive. They are you, uh, in terms of your affinity for them, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've I really have thoroughly enjoyed going back and and starting from scratch because there's a ton of episodes either I didn't remember or I may not have seen 
like I said, it wasn't as easy to go watch something that you missed back in those days. I feel like there's probably not an episode of Seinfeld I haven't seen part of. Just because it's yeah. it was replayed so much after for us here after the news, there comes Seinfeld yeah, after right. like you'd come home in the afternoon. There's Seinfeld on for a while. It felt like it was on everywhere. It's so like I feel like I've probably seen a good portion of most of the things, but I can't remember a time where I would sit down and watch an entire episode unless it was on in the background yeah, somewhere. It played heavily through its syndication mm-hmm. for sure. And I, and I didn't sit down and watch a lot of those either. And that's where maybe I feel like, okay, now I've got the time that I can catch up if I'm going to do this well on these points, sure. which leads me to point two. And I, I remembered my other most important thing, by the way, if you want to Ooh. interact or if you have questions during the after show on our chat board is the best place to do that. So that's the other more interactive, exciting or not so exciting part of the, after shows the fact that we're glued to the chat board here on YouTube. So if you've got something you have to ask or want clarification on, put it in there. Uh, the other thing that I have done before, but is still a little bit of a rarity for me, excuse me, is uh, I took a red eye on Sunday night out of Portland. Mm-hmm. So it was a relatively quick trip in the sense that I went out there on Thursday night Obviously, it was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then with the way the event ends at roughly 7 o'clock, able to still get everything done that I needed to. I uh, got a quick shower in, actually, and then headed to the airport. And that's a different experience as well, just because we don't we don't have them that often. Very uh, being in the Midwest, being where we are, flights may come in at ten, eleven, even you know twelve thirty, midnight or one or so. That's usually about roughly the cutoff, and obviously only certain airlines typically have them, and so on and so forth. But uh, I really enjoyed it because, as I've, <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it right now. But oftentimes when I'm in Bend for a weekend, and we get done at five or six ish in Bend from an event, because usually they're more east of us, more often than not. There's there's nothing I can get out of. I can't get out of Redmond, which is right next to Ben. I can't get out on Sunday night. And the only logical time, really, unless I want to wait all day, the only logical time to get out on Monday Monday is at a 4.58 a.m. flight, which doesn't bode well for a night owl. And then it's a layover, and it just makes for a really long Monday. I enjoyed this one that I had a red eye, not great sleep, got back, and still did sleep quite a bit on Monday, but it it felt different. And for those that travel, maybe you know what I'm talking about. It just, it definitely was preferred. I enjoyed that a lot more. Rather than trying to go to bed, not being able to fall asleep till 1 or 2, then having to get up at 3.30, uh, I, I'd rather just fight through it during the red-eye flight. Except for it was warm, and that sucked. Like warm, warm, like really warm. Like I knew it was warm. Because I'm like fiddling with the fan or the overhead. I hate the fan. What? Yeah. Well, I I was fiddling with it, and I don't feel anything hardly coming out, and it felt really warm. And then the guy, I always I'll use the disclaimer: the in shape gentleman next to me was also fiddling with his, and he was also warm. So I'm like, not, this isn't just a big guy problem. Like this, it's warm in here, <laughs> and so the sleep was uh, hindered for that reason. So it kind of sucked, but um, overall, I love the idea of trying to get out. Uh, if possible, and a red eye works out really well. Yeah, that's my story. 
That's a pretty good one, huh? That's a great story, Terry. <laughs> okay, maybe not. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so what? Some uh, basketballs were happening this last week? Yeah. What went down? Uh, Denver Nuggets beat out the Celtics. And... Or, uh, no, I'm sorry. The Lakers. Den- say, not the Celtics. I don't know shit, but that doesn't no. sound right. De- Denver Nuggets beat out the <laughs> Lakers, and the Heat are about to beat out the Celtics. Uh, so, sorry. Yes. I, okay. I, um, last time, I think... Yeah. That's... Uh, that's what's happening in the NBA. So it looks like we're going to get a uh, a, a Heat Nuggets final, mm. and it makes as a Bucks Sounds fan delicious. Mm, yummy Heaty Nuggets. <laughs> um, as a Bucks fan, I guess it makes me feel a little bit better that the team that knocked us out is going to go to the finals, considering we were favored to win. Um, of course, the Heat were getting healthy, and Jimmy Buckets decides he's going to become the next uh, greatest player for this <laughs> for this uh, postseason run. So, uh, you know, good for it. I won't watch any of it because I never do. I'll just figure out who wins afterwards, and I'll probably hear about it here on the board first. Okay. Uh, the board's talking about how uh, Futurama is a fun rewatch every few years. I, I watched a little bit of Futurama. I should watch more of it. I, it's a series that I would probably love. I just, it's, you know, can't watch everything. Okay. Uh, King of the Hill. I never really got into King of the Hill. I, it's I, this funny, is, but uh, same thing. I only, I've only seen a few episodes. And just very generically speaking, not that I had of necessarily anything against them, but I, there's not a, and I know how iconic and legendary Simpsons is, but there's not a single animated, cartoonish animated series that I've ever fully latched onto. Not one. And I know Sim- Simpsons started when we were kids. I'm very familiar and I, I understand how uh, culturally iconic that it is. I just never got into it. I never really got into South Park, just to name a couple. And then, that first season we all watched together, kind of. Yeah, uh, and the, and we, were in we were in college, college and it dorms. was so edgy and they were saying all the most edgy, ridiculous things on on Comedy yep. Central. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome, and that that pretty much wore off on me. I always just felt like a lot of those cartoons, and I think South Park really hit on it. Was th- there was this extra element of being able to say whatever they wanted because they were a cartoon, and I felt just, like they pushed the envelope just because. I don't want to say they pushed it because they could, but. Like, that's what was supposed to make it so much cooler. And I was just always like, okay, it feels like it's, I don't know, forced. And that's funny because there are some cartoons. And that's how I've, I never watched Beavis and Butthead. I thought it was the dumbest thing mm. ever. And that was when we were in, like, middle school. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was stupid. <laughs> I, I did, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sim- Simpsons, I don't feel like, ever really did that, that you were saying. Simpsons, in general, was, you know, the early seasons were relatively good. And I hear that the... The newer seasons are okay. I'm not going to watch it. South Park is... Is that still running? Yes. Is that like... Yeah, South Park is still running. Yeah. And Futurama doesn't really push the envelope like that. It's it's a little bit more social commentary. A little, it's, it's more a little more sci-fi type thing. It's something I would, again, probably love, but just haven't had a chance to really get into. Um, What other cartoons have I watched? I, uh I was just going to say, my <laughs> Josie, I'm not a good, I don't claim to be a good parent. My 12 year old, who's the 
rowdier mm-hmm. of the two loves Bob's Burgers, which is definitely also not appropriate. I, and it's on Fox. I I, I don't think it's un, in, inappropriate. Inappropriate. Eh. It's on Fox a at, at prime ago, time. She started watching it a few years ago. I felt like it was it was mm-hmm. a bit ahead of her. That could be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. At what point? I mean, because that has to have like at least a PG thirteen type rating, and then you some of the references and innuendos, and that falls in line with everything else I just said. It's like mm-hmm. they push the envelope, uh, and they get away with it more because they're a cartoon for they some can. reason. Yeah, can't. It's, it's interesting to me. Spock says, JVD strikes me as a Mystery Science Theater 3000 kind of guy. I used to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 when it was on the Comedy Channel. That's how long ago it was. Before it was Comedy Central, it was just the Comedy Channel on cable, and that's when I watched. The other thing I always loved to watch was a. it was the first uh, talk show that I really enjoyed was called Night After Night with Alan Havey. It was on the Comedy Channel as well, Comedy Central or whatever. And I really enjoyed that. Night After Night with Alan Havey was hmm. the was my first intro to a, a talk show, a, a late night talk show that I enjoyed. You know, before Carson for me uh or Jay Leno or Jimmy Fallon and stuff like that. I always I always enjoyed that quite a bit. Um well, I'm trying to think of other cartoons that I've watched. Star Trek Lower Decks is really good. It's a cartoon. Um, I really it's it's a kids cartoon. The next one, I really really enjoy Phineas and Ferb. Mm. I think it's very very funny. Mm. But it, it's truly my kids loved it, so I got to sit and watch it. And I think they're doing another season now. Like every cartoon seems to be coming back and doing seasons. Other than. That, other than that, I didn't really. Well, uh, uh, it's funny because I'll answer Shide, who uh, on the board S Hyde or Shide says, "Terry, have you ever seen Archer?" Oh, I did watch. I did watch the first <laughs> I, few. I seasons don't need of Archer. to because if you just hang out with with Steve Dodge for a few minutes, you'll get every Archer reference in the world. Big fan, and then he turned me on to it. I went out and watched it. I do thoroughly enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. there was just still it, and it's it is brilliant. I truly do believe that it's it brilliant. Got, dumb for a while okay see and like i didn't the, the watch la- the later seasons okay because i didn't watch enough of it i saw it but then i just lost interest again there's just something about the the, the cartoon aspect to it i know i've talked about that before uh whether it's an you know a true anime you know a japanese anime and, and that style which has never interested me or just even in any of these and some of these i think are very well written and or could be clever mm-hmm. uh i just for some reason they it just cannot keep my attention. Uh, but yes, Steve Dodge. I mean, I feel like half the time when you've been around him, he's just as explaining the Archer reference he just made because uh, he's a big fan. And, and I think Steve Dodge is a, a very funny, brilliant man and storyteller. And so I was like, I have to give this a try. But for some reason, I, I just couldn't stick with it. Uh, Luke Turnbull says, Charlie, you guys grew up with Voltron. Yes, the this, the afternoon cartoons definitely watched you know all the volt voltron transformers he-man transformers um, barely and and the the the, the disney afternoon ducktales uh uh uh, spin 
Tailspin. Yeah, no, yeah, I try. I know. I, I lost Rescue a lot of Rangers. Interest. Yeah, no. I mean, if it wasn't Saturday morning cartoons, which were really the Thundercats and the Gummy Bears, mm-hmm. after that, I didn't care. And then the Smurfs came out at nine, and I always hated the Smurfs for whatever reason until I got a little older. And then I was just like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cartoons. There's only a couple that have ever really held me. And Thundercats, surprisingly, being one of them. Sure. I don't know. Thinking in the brain is fun, was, was, was very funny. I watched, I think, most of those when I was younger. But I see Luke Turnbull out on the chat. I uh, hope you're doing well coming in all the way from Australia. I uh, hope all is well out there. Um, uh, I think we saw it earlier, and I Luke reminds me, uh, seeing Luke's name, reminds me that there was a call-out for our board of directors. I don't know where that stands, but I, that would probably be something to get a good update on for the board of directors. And I think the PDGA also then made an announcement uh, in addition to the Bob West uh, Sportsmanship Award mm-hmm. uh, nomination call-out, I think they're looking for state and providential uh, coordinators as well, as well, as well. As well. <laughs> so if you're, if any of that interests you, make sure you head over to the PDGA and uh, take a look. I get no commissions on you visiting the PDGA website. We don't get commissions on anything. I know we don't. So. Uh, Ray asks, has there been talk of Steve Dodge being the namesake for a DGPT Spirit of the Game Award for every season like Walter Payton? Kind of, sort of, almost. And what I'll say to that quickly is, at the industry conference that was held in Tucson earlier this year during the All-Star Weekend, Steve Dodge made a keynote speech, had this very had a had lots of great insightful things to say. But one of the things that I think was officially determined or solidified is as he's forever talked about spirit of the game and something that he's pulled in from the ultimate, the world of ultimate. And that's why at a lot of our broadcasts, almost all of our broadcasts, you should see, and I know I just did the one for OTB, um, at least at our Elite Series events, you should see a spirit award handed out to somebody. It could be a player, it could be a volunteer, whomever, but spirit awards are issued, given out, awarded mm-hmm. uh, to various people at every, what I believe is every elite series event. That's what, that's an initiative that Steve is trying to make sure that the pro tour uh, upholds and follows through on at every single event, uh, at least at the elite series. It may change for, if you're good at a silver series event, we don't care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and maybe they did it. I honestly, I wasn't, uh, I didn't hear one called out in the booth this weekend from Philo and Ian. So <clears throat> spirit awards are something. So if that kind of answers what you're asking then Ray, it's, it's not, it's not the Steve Dodge spirit award specifically, but he has championed the idea of there being one. And this also comes from, if you're familiar with seeing Steve at the, what used to be, uh, the Marshall Street Open, the Maple Hill Open, the Vibram Open, the MVP Open at Mar- Vibram, whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, Steve had given out Spirit Awards for quite a few years at that event specifically, and then he ultimately wanted that carried and, and pushed forward now throughout every event at the Disc Golf Pro Tour level. So uh, hopefully that kind of uh, answers what you're saying, and and I think that ties perfectly together with Steve and his overall mission there. Uh, how about the golden Felberg statues, the Feldies? <laughs> what? That'd be weird. Yeah. I'm going to go with no. Felberg's done a lot of great things. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, I've got to assume. He should be. 
but I don't, I, I don't know if Feldies are something that we need. Maybe they are. No. What? I'm trying to think. Like, what would it, what would they embody? What would they encompass? What would what would be the the you know the kind of the write up the description for what would make the Feldy well, award? It. I don't How know, but it makes me think of this past weekend, the Japan Open happened, mm-hmm. and it's an, it was a non-sanctioned event. Jeremy Colling mm-hmm. beat out Manabu And Jackie Chen. And, and Jackie others, Chen yeah. and a few others. And there was a post that's saying how Colling has now won on four continents. Mm. I feel, and that ties into my Felberg information, because Felberg, I think, has like the most wins in the most countries or something. Sure. Uh, he, yep. A very traveled player. Yeah. So maybe something along those lines, mm. uh, a, a yearly m- most miles or something. I, I, I don't know. But that is what I think of when I think of Felberg, just the amount of travel he did before tours were going on. Should we just... Call them like Mile High Club members? Mm, I don't believe so. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Okay. No, but, no. Th- th- that's what I th- think of. There could be a tie in that sense Felberg. for sure. Obviously, Felberg very uh, decorated in a yep. number of countries. Now, it's funny you bring up the post by Coling and him winning in four different uh, continents. Clearly, it's a win. We're, nobody's debating that. He won handedly in Japan. I think he won by 16 over Manabu. I think that was the number. Does, does, and this is so particular, but we're getting there, which is a good thing. Does that get lost or brought up when Stat Mando goes to run some stats, seeing that it wasn't PDGA sanctioned? No, it's not sanctioned, so I doubt it'll get pulled into their database. So it'll, in theory, it's a lost event. Like, it means something to Jeremy, as it should. He beat a few really great players over mm-hmm. there. But statistically, gone. It's it's the same argument I have when people talk about how, like, throw pink. Like, oh, we should treat that like a major. It should, we're going to treat that like a major. And it's, I'm like, no, it's not a major. In two years, when you're talking about the majors that people won, you're not going to mention it. It's a lost. It's 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 statistically a great win, but it's not a major. It's, it's an A tier or whatever it it's, might be that year. Sure. And, and and does it have the top of the competition? Yes, you have everybody there that is at every major, but it's not a major. It won't be included in the major statistics. It'll you know no one is going to go back in five years when you're seeing a pro tour statistic. Be like oh. Like when we saw the one that, how many majors does Paul have? Does Ricky have? Does Calvin have? Like there's the list and Paul had 17 and most of the others were at zero. Thanks to Paul's 17. I feel the same way with throw pink. It's again, phenomenal event. You can't count it as a major. And that's kind of how this Japan open is going to be treated. Great event, but it was non-sanctioned. It, it statistically it's gone. Which because it's it wasn't I don't believe it was PDGA live. There's like no, no, no there's no way to hold been. any of those statistics at all. Uh, and I completely I completely agree with you. Uh, it, it's this incredible part of his it's legacy, a feather in his cap. Uh, it's it's an experience. It's all of those things that I'm not obviously I'm not trying to detract from the win, but yeah, when it when the story gets written from a statistical a, a 
I, I'll use Statmando as as maybe our best um, you know resource right now. It, whether it's a Statmando or even a a um, a UDISC perspective, similarly. Now that's one that could have, in theory, been on UDISC. It could wasn't, have. but in theory, could have been if it would have been contracted to be uh, if UDISC wanted it, so to speak, and if the event wanted it. But yeah, it's otherwise. It's 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 almost like it's non-existent. It, uh, it, it I'm not going like, to call it an exhibition because it was still clearly a, a tournament, and there's clearly yeah. good players. But yeah, from a historical perspective, outside of Coling remembering mm-hmm. it and putting it on his on his resume, it's it unfortunately doesn't hold any additional weight. Yeah, it doesn't. Which, it doesn't hold any me meaning. Wrong. I wouldn't be complaining, well, and no. I'm not suggesting otherwise. It's it, but uh, a little piece of me thinks, man, it's too bad. It wasn't at least like a C tier, just so that it gets pulled into a PDGA database. For historical that's kind pur- of my yes, purposes. That's a hundred percent my argument. Is it's too bad we, that it's not there for that. And reason. you and I have maybe a different attachment to the Japan Open. People, I won't say you and I, but people our age, because the Japan Open for many years, every other, every third or fourth year, it was a huge event. It was a and major. It was a major. People Literally went to it. A major. And so now it's not. It's just... So if the Japan Open becomes a major again in the future, say, we'll say two years from now or four years from now, whatever that would be, you're going to look back at all the past history, historical Japan Open winners. Like it or not, Holling's name shouldn't be there. It's not the same Japan Open. Right. It's not a major. And it's it's different. Just... And I, again, I don't want to insult Jeremy by any means, but when we go back and look at, you know, Beaver State champions, there was a year or two it wasn't, it wasn't an NT or a Pro Tour. I think there was one, mm-hmm. maybe two. Whoever won those, their names aren't on, they shouldn't be on those lists. Yeah, they're Beaver State champions still, but you're saying, yes, they shouldn't be included mm-hmm. um, at, because it wasn't an elite it's, series. The that competition level year. wasn't there and, and, and whatnot. It just, that's, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Yeah, and, and some may not even consider it unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I just, from a historical perspective, that's why I say, even if it was just listed as a C tier, it at least pulls into his statistics. It pulls into those types of things because clearly they went and followed PDGA rules and played a very competitive, high-level event. Now, as you're saying, if that's deemed an A-tier, if that's deemed a major, that also likely would have pulled in then more names mm-hmm. and would have changed the overall composition yeah, I, of the event. You and I both registered for it when it was yeah, when two, they announced it ago, exactly. before they canceled it due to COVID. So, I hope, and I hope it does come back. I want there to be more majors. I, and, I want there well, and, international majors and other than just the let European. Let me be clear. Open. I'm not necessarily lobbying for the idea of it being a major. With all that being said, I'm not lobbying that it has to be a major. I'm okay with destination events that are incredible cultural and mm-hmm. personal experiences. Oh, yeah. And I think Germ had, you know, truly the time of his life. It's it's icing. Uh, on the cake, cherry on top when you win it and you have all the experiences he did. This trip is something he'll never forget the rest of his life, as you and I haven't with our journeys to Japan. I can always say I cashed in a major. Exactly. All those years. In MPO. So all of those things will forever remain true of those experiences. Um, Yeah. It it just will not be attached to his overall standings uh, from a... 
competitive standpoint there. It'll still make his Wikipedia page, as it should. But yeah. uh, it well, won't be I mean, a PDGA he beat perspective. the highest-rated player in the world right now. Yes. He beat Manabu. All right, let's take a look at what else is out on the board. I'm going to read a few more thoughts that have came in. Uh, Dust from eSports, Dust eSports, tells us he's, he might be talking more Frisbee-related things. I get to host something soon related to pros throwing flying discs. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, he might be dipping into ultimate. I mean, that's a pretty cryptic message there. Anything I, could happen. Anything could happen. I don't Did know. Did anyone see Simon's IG post about needing more <laughs> boomboxes, drunks, and disc golf charges on the courses? Uh, yes, that was, in fact, a parody post that was uh, after in a, in a, a oh. legitimate post that he had made, right? Uh, but yeah, it, it was an interesting post that Simon made today. Do you have that at your? I can pull it up. It's right here. Disposal. S- earlier today, Simon Lazat posted this. Johnny, disc golf needs more mandos. I used to hate mandos and thought it was poor course design. But the reality is that we don't have a real disc golf course that was built just for disc golf yet. Even though we do, Maple, I think we have Maple Hill. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking on the tour. But until then. We need more Mandos and get rid of all drop zones. And if you miss the Mando, play it where it lies with a stroke penalty. Also, all OB should be hazard. Equals better game. Hmm. Think about it. Is that Simon's take? Hot take. I, it's even in red. The Instagram that's post is red, so that's, it's hot that's take. That's why I deemed it as hot. I, I, I don't personally agree with all of his takes. I think that I don't mind more Mandos. The problem is Mandos are, I mean, just like anything, man, like we were talking about with OB and Islands, Mandos can be difficult to know whether you hit them or not. Mm. So depending on where the Mando is, if it's further up the fairway, you have to go around that. Simon, of all people, Eagle, throw a big bomb Anheuser that's kind of close to going around. Did it clear? Did it not? Mandos are difficult in that way. So I don't, think that the sport needs more of them right i can understand because he wants to shape more shots i completely get that and i don't necessarily know if i if i want uh all ob to be hazard because sometimes you just shouldn't be playing from places correct and that that's where i think of i and i'd have i'm sure our our brilliant viewership out there could think of some off the top of their head, but think of sometimes where there's a Mando that's trying to either, you know, for safety or for whatever reason it's there and how to some degree, some players may say, you know what? I see there's a Mando. I'm going to miss it. It's still worth it for me to take that stroke because I think of the, Wake, maybe Waco. Yeah. I was just trying to think of where there's a scenario where that might play out. Uh, Waco. Do you remember the, everyone used to, God, I forget what seven. Hope. Where everyone used to go up to the right, not everyone, but a bunch of people would take a big hyzer off to the right instead of going up the path into the into the right. Oh yeah, you're thinking of uh, the last one in the woods. One so of that them. would be uh, like uh, I think that's that's the par five. That's whole uh, that could be eleven or twelve, right? The last Some... one in the woods is what you're thinking of. I know it's uh, yeah, so it's it's must be twelve. I think it's twelve. Go on. So something like that where players used yeah. to take a giant spike hyzers to avoid trying to hit a gap. 
Yeah, that completely changes that Comple- hole and, in every possible and way. So, you're, so you'd have to move the Mando down maybe more? Uh, maybe. No, even if so, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah if you intentionally want to miss it... You, then you're just going to take, as he says... Unless you add another one later. That, so, you, so you miss two Mandos and you get two penalty strokes? Because his, his philosophy is... You just get a penalty if you miss it. If you miss the Mando, you play it where it lies and get a penalty. So, no, but I'm saying on that hole, mm-hmm. which plays down, basically down to the left... Then, then you shoot through a tunnel, and then you play back up. Or you could throw out into, the, we'll call it the parking lot, essentially, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a big, wide-open field. I'm saying you could throw it out to the right, miss the Mando, you get your penalty, but what if there's another Mando later that that wants to that's still way back down on the fairway? You, you're so you're missing another miss one? A, that's what I'm saying. And then you get another penalty stroke? Yeah, so. then nobody would do that. That would be the way you would you would try to fix that. But anyway, that yeah. gets, I think that gets really confusing with all those Mandos, but... I mean, if you're looking to shape specific lines, I understand where he's coming from. To force players to throw certain shots. I do like Beaver State Fling because we do see players throw more rollers. And there is a... I don't want to say shot shaping because I I feel like Beaver State, you didn't have... There was, you know, one one or two holes where there was this giant bomb Anheuser. That's cool. Don't get to see that very often. It's too often we just see players throw big spike hyzers or big spike forehands. We don't see a player have to throw a big spike anhyzer very often unless they're trying to get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. So to force more of those, in my opinion, is great. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get behind this from Simon. Um, I was just thinking, is there a single Mando on Beaver State Fling? And I don't think there was this weekend. If there was, it, it definitely didn't come into play that I know of. I, I was just going through all the holes in my head, and I don't believe there were any Mandos on the course. So, I, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a take, and clearly he's been around forever and uh, and throws farther than most and has done some significant winning, so... You can take that all into account as to his opinion. I don't. I don't think what he's saying is entirely crazy. No. Uh, yeah, I, it's just interesting for all the reasons you said about when you bring these mandos into play, how how crystal clear are they, and then uh, you know what are the penalties? And, and let's be fair, a ton of mandos are there exclusively for almost all of them. I feel like almost all of them are there for a safety perspective. Some of them are to force a shot. Absolutely. Some are. But a lot of them there are simply for a safety perspective because they don't want you throwing usually over a road or over a particular area. Where another basket might be or where a tee box, towards a tee box. Exactly. Or... exactly. And then as we said about the island, not, not knowing where things go over. Yeah. You know, not knowing if you hit these mandos, not knowing what's going on. And it adds a little bit of gray area into our sport that I don't necessarily think we need. And, and of course, you know, all OB should be played hazard. So I, I don't think I necessarily want players throwing from the water. Yeah. <laughs> just like, ah, yeah, I'm three feet in the water. I'm just going to ankle deep. And although it could be kind of interesting. Uh, Ray asked, does ball golf have many mandos? Uh, I, Johnny and I are the wrong people to ask on that, to, to give you an, uh, an educated uh, answer to that. I guess it could be Google. Google. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> it's even funny you type in ball golf because... I you really wouldn't, right? Yeah, if I guess. You think about it. Golf mandatory routes or lines or mandatory plays. I don't routes. I don't think they do. Yeah. They're forced. Yeah, I guess would it be more like a forced? They call it more of a forced dog leg. Shows you how much we know about golf here as we're questioning um, there, how it even be determined. I know uh, who. Who is it? I'm going to get roasted for not knowing the player. There's a there's a huge long hitting player right now. Is it is it Rom? No. Who I believe at the is it the Masters. Anyway, he's more or less been cutting happy Gilmore. It's not happy. It's not happy. Okay, not happy. He he cut off a ton of like a distance. Shortcut? by going over some water where normally everyone's going around. And people were very unhappy about that because he's like, quote unquote, breaking the hole. And I think they were trying to stop him from doing that. Okay. I, I forget exactly how that, how that worked out. Yeah. Uh, again, we're, we're very much. And maybe it is Bryson. Our, it our, it uh, could be Bryson. Of our golf ignorance here, which I don't, I don't mind admitting. Uh, Spock says mandatory dog legs are absolutely in ball golf. Dog okay. legs are, but are they mandatory? Do you, well, he again, just said mandatory. I mean, uh, mandatory dog legs are apps. So, yeah, that you must. I, I, I think maybe just the, the vernacular or the terminology is slightly altered or different, and maybe they use it. But, yeah, if you must go around either a certain tree or a certain pole or a certain area, I mean, uh, it sounds like that's their version. If if I'm reading what Spock is writing here, that's uh, that's that's how I interpret that. Yeah, I think so, it, it might have been Bryson Ch- uh Shambo, I believe his name is. Throwing from water in Florida yeah. would be interesting. Tim says, "Yeah, that's." Uh, uh, but yet, Mike Harrington out on the disc golf experiences says, "Never heard of a golf mando." So I trust Mike's opinion more than most of the other golfers, considering Mike uh, has been a superintendent and knows about golf and has worked at golf courses and plays golf. Mike, I'm trusting you. Then, if you're if you're saying they don't happen. Well, maybe not a mandatory, but the penalty for landing OB is usually worse than a drop zone. Hmm. Okay. Well, jury's out because <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. Let's end the show. What's new? Well, <laughs> let's do our Patreon giveaway yeah, before we that. end any show. Again, as we talked about earlier, patreon.com slash Smashbox TV is where you can go to support us. This week, we have 147 people eligible for our giveaway. Terry, is there any way you want me to sort these? I would. <sighs> Let's sort by, I don't care. You, However you want. You don't care. All right. Because right now, they're just sorted by first name. 
how I'm uh, okay. I like that. I, uh, so I was gonna say sort by PDGA number. I'm sorting by PDGA number for this weekend's event, and seeing Jason Coke one zero two seven six and Ray Johnson one zero three five five. And as silly as I am, I was thinking I'd be the third lowest mm-hmm. PDGA number in MP forty. Felberg one two six two six. One thing that's pretty exciting to talk about, and I saw him as I was leaving the parking lot this weekend. One Kale LaVisca going after his first ma- uh, age-protected Masters you title. Ha- Kale LaVisca. You have to assume he's a favorite. He comes in with the highest PDGA rating of 1030, with Felberg being second at 1018. Uh, Seattle native Kenny Clark at 1016. Uh, Cyrus Furman at 1011. Philo at 1010. Uh, Tony Farrow, uh, Firo at uh, 1008, as is Bobby Music, Matt Dollar, Christian Dietrich, a ton of these names that we know and recognize. Shasta mm-hmm. Chris is in the field, Dutch Napier, uh, so on and so forth. So best of luck to all those people. But yeah, Elavisca, 1030 rated. Looking to get his first major. Looking huh? to pick up his first major. We already obviously then uh, talked about the I don't believe I don't believe he has another one. He does not. So. Best of luck to the field out there. 147 people eligible for a giveaway, Terry. What number should we draw today? Uh, we're going to draw the... We're looking for the first. Kale's going for his first. So all, all right. A bunch of those other people are looking to get the 144. first. 144. Yeah, I, I only sorted it by first name. Oh, I should not show everybody's email address. Let's take that down. Uh, 147. Oh, wait. I said 144. 144. 144. Out of 147. Wayne Harpster. Congratulations, yeah, Wayne. Wayne Harpster. And Wayne is a studio mini sponsor. Yes, he is. If I'm reading that correctly. So Wayne, we really pre- we like you more than most. I, I, I like you. I like you so much. You're probably over there somewhere. Yeah. Right next to Appreciate Terry. Appreciate it, Wayne. Hanging up in our studio, looking at us all the time. It's not even creepy. No, it's not weird when I had friends come over and they're like, why do you have pictures of a bunch of people you don't know that they're very well? I'm like, you know what? I love them all. Uh, yes, we very much appreciate it. Thank you, Wayne. All right, I'm going to keep reading. So, Wayne, I'll reach out to you, and we'll uh, send some goodies your way. Uh, Yes, we will send some goodies your way. Appreciate it. DGN Suggestion, S.A. Holmes 12 writes, you guys are probably far from these decisions in most cases now. Thanks. Most things we are. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. But why are they still putting shots in -in picture-in-picture during commercials? Can't see them at all on the phone. Not a fan. Got to get the commercials in. Uh, it, again, we make n- none of those decisions or calls. Got to get the commercials in and give you play. And I'm not going to lie, and I know it sounds silly, those shots matter less than other shots. And if there's something really great, they will, re- they will replay it. it in full screen. If we... And I'm using we in the vernacular term only because... Again, I don't make these decisions anymore, but it's hard for me not to say we. Don't show them. Then we start to fall behind. And UDISC doesn't wait for us. So if we suddenly have eight or nine shots that we need to show before we can get caught up with the chase card, because it's usually the chase card that we're showing. Mo has a a, a kind of a set standard that he do, he won't show the lead card in there. I I personally would do it. I don't care. but it's a Mo thing, and Mo gets to make the decisions. So 
and Mo. I don't question Mo because the the broadcast is phenomenal and he's been behind a lot of it. So if we don't show those shots, UDISC is going to keep scoring. And it's hard for us because then we have to pull. If you notice, the scoreboard goes down. We've talked about this before. That's because something's going on in another card and we don't want to maybe, you know, tip our hat as to what's going to happen. If someone hits a huge 50 footer, we don't, you know, we don't want that. And the PDGA or the DGPT can't do delayed scoring. That would require a whole nother scoring system with a whole nother group of people to be scoring. It's just not an easy solution with what we have. So that's why they decide they're, they're showing a lot of them in picture and picture so they can get them out of the way. So you can, so you can see them. I'm going to put that in my finger quotes here. I watch usually on my television upstairs. I don't have a problem for the most part, seeing what's going on. I know it's a lot more difficult on a phone, but that's why it keeps, it keeps happening. Plus the commercials get run. People feel like they're watching more golf if it's happening during a commercial. So whether you like it or not, you're watching golf, but hearing sponsors, there's multiple reasons why it happens. Um, Again, if if it were up to the control room, we'd have no commercials. But then the Pro Tour would be out a lot of money. (laughs) Mm. So that's, it's easier for us if we don't have them. Okay. That's more or less why it uh, they can they continue to happen, and they will continue to happen. Yes, if you watch golf broadcasts, they do it all the time. Yeah, I think they usually do a, a dual box, you do a quad box, but uh, and then you're asking at least recap the shots that were missed verbally or with replays when you come back. As Johnny just mentioned, if it's an incredible shot that happened there, it will then get likely replayed mm-hmm. in a full screen at some point. Another little behind the scenes pull back the curtain moment would be sometimes those then also get used as a commercial break for us as a commentator. So I I may personally get up and use the restroom quickly while that's happening or or one of my co-commentators may do the same. So uh, just know that there's another and not they're not doing those for us, so to speak, but just know that sometimes that's an opportunity for us to take. Uh, a couple minutes to stand up and stretch and or relax mentally check out for a moment quickly run to the restroom those types of things that and happens I don't as well necessarily think we need to recap them because usually you're either watching someone putt you're watching somebody drive if you're watching somebody drive it's rarely you're the commercial breaks aren't long enough where you're going to get two shots from the same person so you're not going to unless we have them banked but we usually don't you're not going to probably watch Eagle throw and then Eagle putt in there. So you're going to see where he lands. And then the commentator can be like, oh, you saw this in the commercial break. Eagle threw ended up here on the fairway. He's going to approach or he's going to putt or whatever that might be. I mean, everybody has their own quirks and qualms, things they do and don't like about the broadcasts. I'm still upset that Robert McCall's not on our broadcasts. Yeah, why doesn't he have my job? Now he sees better than you. That's what I'm saying. Why doesn't he? I know because he's better than you. <laughs> You're a loser. <laughs> My question still stands. It doesn't make sense. No, he doesn't want your crappy job. I... <laughs> <laughs> You're a low life scum. He doesn't want that job. <laughs> oh, okay, now I get it. Whew. Cleared it up. Uh, oh. uh, ben asked the question. This is spicy. Who wins an FBO Elite Series or 
I'll assume FPO major first, own or gen. Purely going on elite series. Yeah, purely own. going on consistency. You have to. I of course we had this great interview with Jen, and I I if, if Jen won in uh, next weekend in Portland, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, that's so unbelievable. Of course not. However. If you look purely at cons- the overall consistency and then likelihood, you'd have to tip that uh, in favor of Own. Own was the highest rated woman at Beaver State Fling and the weekend before at OTB. Mm-hmm. The highest rated woman there. I mean, that, that's not a fluke. That's not, and the, clearly Jen's not that far behind her, but Own rarely finishes off of a podium. And own doesn't throw nearly as far, but she gets it done. So if, if the Vegas odds would also be in Owen's favor as, as great as Jen played this weekend. And we know she has all the capabilities of winning again. If you just look from a lot, I'll call it a logical, maybe that's not the best word, a statistical perspective. You have to think that own would be more favored for that. I mean, she's been right there. I mean, how many times has she finished second? A lot. Someone. Exactly. I mean, it's just that consistency through and through. Somebody asked a question about how did you, of all people, how were you able to maintain your composure during Jen Allen's victory speech? I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, it was difficult because I, I have personally, of course, known Jen uh, mm-hmm. for many years. Yep. I've seen her play in a ton of tournaments, especially because I've been going out to Arizona for a number of years. And ever since she's moved to Arizona, I've every event I'm at, she's at uh, when it comes to being in Arizona, you know, Jen, like myself, lost her mother. I lost my mother 13, 14 years ago. Jen just lost her mother a few months ago. Uh, it, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. And, but Jen's personality and the, as serious yet as bubbly as she can be and as energetic there's a lot of emotion, but I mean, Jen to me is is uh, almost like a sister in a lot of ways. Obviously, similar age and and just having being around her for so long, it was uh, it was tough. It was very tough. I I won't lie, but I, I did keep it together. And she was she was kind of all over, which kind of kept me it, guessing. It was very fast. I felt like she went from like like I got an ace on hole one, and she's talking, and then suddenly it was like. And I felt all with my caddy and my mom and JB, and I was, and it was just like a turn real quick. And as soon as she started tearing up, I was sitting on my couch watching, and I was like, "Oh, geez, Jen, you're gonna get me here." Yeah. And she yeah. did a little bit. Yeah, it was, uh, it it was really incredible. And then I, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit on the fact that it was kind of a mis, it was a mistake technically, and uh, and when I will admit this, I'll admit it. It was a mistake in the sense of how the general protocol is going with a player, regardless of the perceived or assumed margin of victory. A player is really to tap out, finalize scores with the group Mm -hmm. and the rest of them. Uh, The booth usually stands down for a moment or two, or we watch a recap highlight package. We do all these sorts of things. And in the moment, which I, and it's been a while since I've been out on the course, in the moment, Jen tapped out, they yelled for her, and then she immediately walked to me because I was standing there waiting, but I was expecting it to well, be another minute or two. And she wasn't the last it. one to tap out, which is Holland Hanley had to tap out yet, 
even though it didn't really matter because Holland had 10 strokes on the next person, yeah. she could have tapped out four times and still it would have been well, fine. But it was, it was in all, in all transparency, it, it was not the protocol that we've been rolling with. And it, it happened in a moment because I, I'm supposed to stand there and wait, obviously for her, her to count the scores, all this happens. And then she mm-hmm. comes over and then a cameraman uh, typically will count me in and say a five, four, three, two, yeah, one. Yeah, because I noticed you started doing the interview and they weren't on the right camera. And so you could kind of hear you through the onboard. And all I kept thinking is like, switch the mic, switch the mic, switch the mic. And knowing full well, like they're not on the right camera because they, and not, we weren't expecting it, not to the fault of the control room. Clearly. Not at all. It was, you almost me ish to blame. If anyone, usually I do blame you, <laughs> but the fact is Jen, walked over and I was standing there with the mic just patiently waiting. I was expecting it to be a full two minutes yet, like everything mm-hmm. that has to happen. And she walked over, embraced me, and then we were just, it, it was like it was interview time, and it, it went, and then it was, it was. I'm sure Mo hated that. Well, Mo wasn't there, thankfully. Oh, that's right. But the rest okay. of the control room was like, ah! And it, and it never even dawned on me because it felt natural, but it technically wasn't our, our prescribed protocol. And so compare that to what you saw with Eagle a few hours later and and he taps in and things happen and then eventually he joins me and I'm counted in. That's how it's always supposed to go now. Um, that's with the last kind of settled protocol. And this one, and everyone's like, basically there was this moment of like, oh, yeah, you, you kind of F that up. Like you weren't supposed <laughs> to get to the interview. And then clearly everyone else was like, I'm I'm not going to be like, Okay, Jen, just wait. You're like, you're all, you know, you just mm-hmm. walked over everything. Oh, wait, wait, actually, wait two more minutes. We're going to, yeah. it never even crossed my mind. So I, I take definitely um, some of the blame for that. Way to go, jerk. But it felt all natural. Yeah. So maybe that's. And it probably doesn't hurt. Yeah. doesn't help. I don't know the right way to put that. That you and Jen are pretty tight. That's what that, I mean. Like that it it's all... just that she, she would naturally come to you, even if you probably weren't holding a microphone, <laughs> she probably would have come over by you first. Yeah. So it, um, oh. so yes, that, that in all technicality was a couple of minor mistakes, uh, but we got Jen and uh, everything went well. But as soon as we were done, I was like, Oh yeah, wait. Oh no, and they're all like, "Yeah, you, you kind of went too early." I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, yeah, I guess we did." Uh, forgetting all protocols. Way to hork it all up, Miller. That's what I do. I have, I, I have an interview to Champ in a few weeks on the network, and I come in and just ask. Still going about. with the network, huh? I know. I think Ian started that, and you, you, it's a reference from time to time. The network, huh? I. What? What? I, I don't know. I, you think I have to explicitly say on Disc Golf Network? No, I don't think you have to. But um, the network, eh, I don't know. We're watching disc golf. Everyone there is a disc golfer. It get, does make sense. I don't have that big of a problem with it. <laughs> All right. Last time Jen was on Smashbox was also touching. Yeah, she. You know, we had her, of course, when she won. Actually, just a few months ago, and we almost. Uh, we Johnny and I were trying to piece together when was the last time we talked to her. I thought it was about um, six months, but it was really only three. <laughs> yeah, uh, she had won uh, uh, what Shelly Sharp or not Shelly? Yeah, Shelly Sharp. It was right was. after her mother had passed. I yeah, believe. Shelly Shelly Sharp. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and then real quick on on the 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 cat merch thing, I'll just quickly say like I I mean it when I said I was just standing out in the fairway and I'm excited to get things rolling, just a couple holes left to play. My feet were hurting. I was like, "Okay, we're 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 getting through this Sunday morning action." And you I am just so down the fairway, just sitting there waiting. I see the cameraman way up ahead along with the U-disc uh scorekeeper. And just to see Cat Merch's cut roller come in the way it did, I all I kept thinking is when I stood out there, I was like, "Well, they're they're not that I I'm not trying to avoid a camera, but I'm also obviously not trying to get in front of the cameras." I was just standing out there thinking, "Yeah, this is no man's land. I should be able to see everything I need to see from here, and I shouldn't interfere with anything." So the fact that that roller came in and then went past me and rolled around, it was I can I may that that. Shot was only second to Jen's ace. Uh, I cannot think of another more incredible shot from the weekend uh, outside of Jen's ace and then that cat merch roller. The fact that she didn't get up and down for the birdie kills me. It just... She... Kills me. That's a. I mean, I don't say difficult approach. She threw it low. She hit that... so easy from where she was. Mm -hmm. She she should be frustrated that she didn't get up and down. I mean, uh, who... Because was, what she tried a forehand from there and put it and just threw it low. Yeah, I, I believe think she threw it right into the right, the right, stump the, or, or the, the wood. Whatever. It's right there with Eagle on the very next hole when Eagle throws that ginormous Anheuser. I this didn't watch insane that. shot. He just it's in it's disgusting how insane his shot was on the next tee. That's the combined hole where he threw it and mm-hmm. he throws this Anheuser. You just prime position, prime position. And then he doesn't get up and down and birdie it either. I just think, what a wasted shot. I mean, just absolutely wasted. So those two holes back-to-back, FPO then MPO, I think of the two insane shots and how they were both wasted in the sense that they didn't. Now, they were the easy pars, sure. But when birdies are such premiums and, and then you set yourself up for the easiest birdie in the world and you still don't get it, yeah, it should feel it should it should hurt a little. But there it is. I don't think Eagle's thinking about it. <laughs> uh I did get an update from Eagle uh mid mid podcast tonight. I did want to just quickly We did reach out to Eagle and more or less said, Hey, we're gonna have Jen on. Yeah. We plan on having you win more. All the time. Now uh he uh I he said, uh, no worries about not being on. I'm at the Olympic Peninsula off the grid, so I wouldn't have been able to make it anyway. So hope Eagle's doing well and enjoying his time. Um, yeah, picking it all in. Picking it all in, picking it all up. I don't care, whatever you want to call Just it. hope he's having a good time. Get it. Hell. All right. You want to call it? Should We're going to call, call it? it. We're going to call it? Oh, man, just three hours? Just well, three I mean, we're not on the network. We're we're not on the network. And as I think Mo messaged both of us this weekend and more or less said, there's some other podcasts out there starting to encroach on our uh, trying to go long time. Go go long. Yeah. The three hour podcasts. And as I said, that's fine. We're the OG. We're the original long ass podcast. We uh, Mm -hmm. certainly thank you guys all for joining us, whether it's the regular show or the after show, or both, whether you're listening live, or we're in your back seat, whatever it might be. Sitting behind you, just if you're driving, just give a little peek and see if we're back there right now. 
We might be. Might be creepy. But not something I'm opposed to doing. I think that's where we should host a, host a show. Some lucky or not so lucky Patreon winner. No, I'd rather have it be like a touring pro. Like going mm. between two events. Like we just sit in the back and do just you and I. We don't even talk to them. Just our podcast. And they have to listen to us. <laughs> We're recording it. Poor The poor person up front. I don't know. Find someone like... Uh, like uh, uh, like Aaron Gossage, he's just got to oh, drive yeah. and <laughs> just listen. It just has to listen oh to us. Oh my god, that would be miserable. Aaron, <laughs> poor guy. Oh well, that's what we're here for. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers and supporters. We couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, we don't sell out to any of those commercial type things, but we will if they offer us a lot of money. Yeah, we would. So but, we're here, but currently we don't, and we have it in four hundred and fifty six episodes somehow. So uh, thanks. We'll see you next week. We'll probably be talking to maybe a major win. Actually, I may or may not be here. So I'm just going to throw that out there now. I think I have to travel to Portland next Tuesday. Okay. Because it's an elite plus event. So um, Johnny V might be doing some work on his own. We'll see. One way or another. Or, yeah. For Johnny V, along with Jen Allen, who's on the regular show, thank you guys for joining us. I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's been podcast episode 456 is after show. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 